Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner and I use they, them pronouns. Lindsay, it's you. Yeah, <laughs> it's my turn this week. Yes. Um. So did you get my hint? Probably not. So I, I don't even remember your hint. Something about the moon? Yeah, well... Yeah, this does involve the moon. <laughs> yes, I thought, you know, given all of Disney's various rebootings of their classic movies that are all based on fairy tales, and also the uh, Zodiac-wise, this is, um, we're in the time of Cancer, and Cancer is ruled by the moon. Let's do something about the moon. Oh, there's a fairy tale about the moon. Not the bamboo cutter. There's crabs on the moon? <laughs> um, have you ever heard of the buried moon? The buried moon? Yeah, the buried moon. I have not heard of the buried moon. Okay, so the buried moon is a British fairy tale. And British fairy tales, unfortunately, don't get a lot of attention. But they're fairly interesting. Um, it's also called you the You know, it's funny because whenever people do fairy tales, they make them as British as possible. And most of these are coming out of, like, France and Germany. Yeah, occasionally Denmark. Does Britain have anything? Actually, it does have a lot of folklore. But there's a reason why J.R.R. Tolkien uh, started creating Middle-earth as a way of actually creating a um, British mythology. Or, more appropriately, an English mythology. And even that was mostly Finnish. Well, some of the language was Finnish. The other language was Welsh. He eventually realized this is its own thing. <laughs> ah. His yeah. faction, fan fiction became too powerful. Yes. And so, so he rewrote it as 50 Rings of Grey. Mm, oh, no, don't. Anyway, The Buried Moon is a fairy tale uh, included by Joseph Jacobs in More English Fairy Tales. And it's notably unusual. Like, even in... The Wikipedia article. It is a strikingly unusual tale, with few variants and often appearing more mythological than is common for fairy tales. So Joseph Jacobs, who was one of those many fairy tale collectors and folklorists from the 1800s, basically it all started with the Grimm's trying to create a more unified Germanic mythology. And it kind of got spread to France, and uh, you have Hans Christian Andersen over in Denmark, uh, who was really contemporaneous with the Brothers Grimm, uh, creating his own fairy tales in Denmark. And then over in England, a bunch of other guys. Okay, I've got two questions. Okay. First off, is you said co- contemporaneous. Is that a word? Yeah. Okay. Secondly, the Grimm brothers were trying to create a unified dramatic mythology that already exists. Not quite in Germany proper. Scandinavia? Yes. Germany? It was a bit fuzzy. Okay. Yeah. Also, they were doing a lot of etymological work, too. Okay. Yeah. Which was actually fairly interesting if you can get past the nationalism. Oh, great. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Joseph Jacobs, he's known for collecting English fairy tales like Jack and the Beanstalk, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, The Three Little Pigs, Jack the Giant Killer, and The History of Tom Thumb. His first fairy tale collection was in 1890 titled English Fairy Tales, and 
this particular fairy tale was in the second volume, More English Fairy Tales, which was uh, published in 1893. And Jacobs got the story from one Mrs. Belfer from the North Lincolnshire Cars in the Anshulm Valley. I'm pretty sure that's pronounced something wickedly different because England. Um, it's probably like Ankle. Yeah. <laughs> At first, people were kind of skeptical about whether or not this was, like, created whole cloth or was an actual tale from the area, but apparently there was an investigations into the documentation, and it seemed to be the real deal. I, I love both options of that, that he's, like, he's looking for English fairy tales, and this random old lady's like, oh, yes, I, I definitely have a fairy tale. It's been passed down generations, indeed. <laughs> and then, and then after, like, the scandal is brought up, the fairy tale police, the, the, <laughs> the fairy tale bureau of investigation, they're going through all the documents, it's like, we, ha we have to find the proof. We have to find the proof that this is a real fairy tale and not just something that someone made up. <laughs> So anyway, uh, North Lincolnshire, it's kind of like this boggy area of England along the East Coast. And it's a weird place, like most very boggy areas are, just by nature. This is Beowulf and Grendel country, so. Ah, we got them wet plains. Yeah. So the synopsis, this fairy tale is fairly short. So in the Carlands, the Carlands used to be filled with bogs, and... When the moon was up in the sky and was shining, uh, it was safe to walk in the fence as by day. But when she did not shine, evil things such as bogies came out. One day the moon, hearing of this, pulled on a black cloak over her yellow hair and went to see for herself. She fell into a pool and a snag bound her there. She saw a man coming towards the pool and fought to be free until the hood fell off. The light helped the man make his way to safety and scared the evil creatures. She struggled to follow until the hood fell back over her hair and all the evil things came out of the darkness, trapping her under the big stone, under a big stone with a will of, they call it will of the wick, wick, but I'm guessing it's a will of the wisp, to sit on the cross-shaped snag and keep watch. The moon never rose again and the people wondered what had happened until the man she had rescued remembered and told what he had seen. A wise woman sent the men into the bog until they found a coffin, the stone, a candle, the will of the wick, and a cross, the snag. The moon would be nearby. They did as the wise woman said and freed the moon. From this time on, the moon shone even brighter over the bog land than anywhere else and evil things were chased from the car lands. So... The moon didn't even know that she had the power to, like, keep the bogeys out of the bogs? It's plot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, she's just going through town like, hey, did you know that the moon keeps evil away? And she's like, what? Really? I had no idea. <laughs> I'm gonna try this out. While also covering up all the things that they said would keep the evil things away. Oh no, evil things! Yeah, anyway, um, I want to turn this into an animated movie. Maybe by okay. Disney, because, you know, uh, it's kind of the go-to place for this sort of fairy tale stuff. It doesn't have to be. I know. It's Disney just, it's doesn't been... have a monopoly on fairy tales yet. I know, but I'm also like, god damn it, there's gotta be... They keep remaking their old animated movies, and I know it's more because they have to, you know, update the IP and all that. But at the same time, I'm like... Come on, there's got to be someone there who's got an idea for, like, another fantasy movie, and they just can't get the green light because it's 
maybe not as well known as other fairy tales. So then don't go to Disney. Yeah. Like, go to a smaller animation company. <sighs> we don't I... need Disney for all our fairy tales. And you can do a non, like, a movie outside of Disney and still make a Disney style. Like, Anastasia is mistaken for Disney all the time. I know. It, it's just like, what if they finally, you know, actually decide to make more original movies? Or, like, actually start exploring other fairy tales other than, like, the big ones? Well, they have to make an original movie every few years so that they can turn it into a live-action movie, like, ten years later. Yeah. Anyway, the general plot is going to be pretty much the same, except we're going to flip around a few genders and maybe extend this up to, like, I would say a little over an hour? Well, like, 90 minutes. Yeah, 90 minutes. Maybe not even that, because, like, one of my favorite Studio Ghibli movies, uh, The Cat Returns, that one is only 75 minutes. Okay. Yeah, somewhere in that 75 to 90 minute range. It would mostly involve a, instead of the young man walking through the marshes at night, uh, it's going to be a young woman or a teenage girl, somewhere in that range, named Lucy. And eh, let's give the moon a name, Celine or Luna or something. On the nose. This is for kids. Fromage. <laughs> Let's see, what else was I thinking? Because I kind of came up with this on the fly. Like, this is something I've been kind of toying with. Well, if you want a big bad, you can just, like, make it a, a big bad boogeyman. Yeah, something like that. Or And I was looking into some local mythology and all that. Um, I was thinking, like, maybe something tied to nightmares, but then I'm like, oh, would this be a bit too much, like, Rise of the Guardians, but at the same time, who actually saw Rise of the Guardians? I saw Rise of the Guardians and I loved it. Okay, I'm just talking what outside this, of Tumblr. <laughs> what if What if this was a sequel to Rise of the Guardians? Ooh. But that's already a book series. with his own thing. Irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be a, a tie-in. I'm just saying it might be a bit similar to I'm pretty sure in the books, the man on the moon had a daughter. I'm just not totally sold on, like, making this a sequel to The Guardians when there's already a series of books. Okay. Yeah. But we could go Guardian style. Yeah, Guardian style. I'm just saying I wasn't completely sold on the whole Guardians thing because it's it's already existing series. And if, like, they decided to, they've got other stuff to pull from. Okay. I kind of don't want to hijack someone else's work like that. We could have a pitch style villain. Yeah. In the form of the boogeyman. Yeah, like a And then boogeyman. oh, and then the the will of the wisp can be like his his henchman. Yeah. He'd be his Bartok. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd turn good at the end. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I was thinking was that when the moon disappears and the bogies start attacking the villages and the farms and all that, Lucy would end up traveling into kind of like a watery other world. Oh, okay. sort of place she goes to the wise woman maybe she is like one of the cunning folk they're kind of like the so in english folklore you have witches who are oh. bad oh, and okay. cunning folk who are good that all depends on like whether or not you're trying to help people or not mm -hmm. yeah and there were cunning folk into the modern day i think in mostly fairly rural areas of britain <laughs> Roll by British standards, which is, oh, you're about 20 minutes away from the town center. 
Because the Brits have no sense of scale. <laughs> My father lives 45 minutes away. It's such a long journey, so I only go see him twice a year. <laughs> uh, I still like the one story about the one tour guide is like, all right, everybody, you have to do your bath, your lavatory breaks right now because it's going to be a while before we get back uh, home or whatever. And it's all full of Canadians, Australians and Americans. And they're like, how long is this trip? Two hours. Oh, we'll be fine. <laughs> 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 but then like, we're astounded by anything that's over a hundred years old. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't mind that tower it's only from the 12th century <laughs> <laughs> I love how the Brits got bored of themselves yes most of Europe got bored of itself at some point so anyway moon comes down maybe the moon isn't that dumb and that she isn't that unaware of what her powers are she just wants to you know she's lonely <laughs> <laughs> so this is more of a Little Mermaid than a Stardust? Yeah, maybe a little more Little Mermaid. I want to be like a people, have like <laughs> lungs and hair. <laughs> so she goes down to the fence and meets this girl Lucy, and they become very close friends, maybe even a little more. <laughs> Just gals being pals. Yeah, yeah, we got to get in that LGBTQ representation for the five-year-olds. <laughs> yes. And then... Like, they'll meet on nights when uh, Celine, let's call her, is at her fullest power and all that. And that's when she meets Lucy out on the, out on the fence. And then one night, the evil Boki, who wants to spread darkness and despair and fear. We gotta get, like, Jeremy Irons to voice him. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I want every ounce of y'all. Moon. <laughs> um, he manages to ambush Porcelain and take her away to the watery underworld sort of land. Kind of like what Beowulf has to do to defeat Grendel's mother. You know, jump into the pool and fight her. Has he got a, he's got a, has he got a wet troll? <laughs> Why not? Maybe he's just got Grendel. Maybe, maybe this is like another person in the Grendel family tree. <laughs> Grendel's other, Grendel's mother's other son. <laughs> Keeping up with the Grendels. Or maybe that dragon was related to Grendel somehow. Well, in the CGI movie from however many years ago with Angelina Jolie, the dragon was Beowulf's son that he had with Grendel's mother. Oh, okay. Because she seduced him before he killed her. Well, then again... Because she's Angelina Jolie. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? And she has organic high heels. Yeah, that was weird. <sighs> that movie was just... I wanted to like it, but it, it was almost too weird. <laughs> Doesn't help that it fell into Uncanny Valley super hard when it really should Yeah, have. oh my gosh. Like, I'm all... For using CGI in various unique ways that aren't just, oh yeah, we we need to recreate New York on a blue screen and we're going to do it seamlessly. 
Like I'm all for trying to do it in a avant-garde, impressionistic, expressionistic way instead of the usual trying to blend in and make it look hyper real. But this was a movie that was supposed to be hyper real. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to do something hyper real, just do it live action. Yeah. It's not that hard. And motion capturing is still weird, so. What if, here's one of my other favorite tropes is art shift. What if the art style of the bogeys and the boogeymen was different from everyone on the surface? Ooh, yeah. So on the surface, say a more conventional, yeah, a more conventional style, like yeah. Disney-esque, or maybe even like a 2D animated, because we haven't seen those in a while. Yeah. Well, I think it'd be nice if the whole thing was 2D. Yeah. And then, like, when they go to the the, the wet world, what are we <laughs> calling this? The underwater water, yeah, the underwater world. <laughs> we can't call it water world, that's a different movie. Yeah. That sunk Kevin Costner's entire career. <laughs> what if Kevin Costner is the boogeyman? <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's too nice for that. What what if what if Kevin Costner isn't voicing the boogeyman? What if Kevin Costner is the boogeyman? <sighs> and <laughs> And in revenge for Waterworld, he's going to kidnap the moon. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> God, now you got me thinking about Kevin Costner. Because <laughs> he... He's kind of like the norm... What what Nicolas Cage would be like if he were a normal human being. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, someone write down Jekyll and Hyde with Kevin Costner and Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Probably Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> a Waterworld reboot starring <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Oh, no, no, that one was terrible. That one needs How to, to get flooded, how to get flooded, how to get flooded! <laughs> anyway. Anyway, the moon. Yeah, the moon. We like the moon. So we have an art shift from, say, a more conventional 2D style. Maybe like old school Disney like style. I don't know why I'm going with Disney. Or, hey, they own Fox. Maybe like Don Bluth style. Oh, frick. Disney, stop being the Borg challenge. Yeah. See, that's why I'm trying to navigate you away from Disney. Okay. Because we don't want everything to be owned by Disney. Okay, so... Get 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 a, an aspiring group of recent CalArts graduates. <laughs> or go, hey, Ghibli! Oh wait! Oh no! Actually, oh, I have a great idea. Not, I mean, animation, yes, but not, not drawn animation. What if we do the stop motion? Ooh! Because then we can get Laika to do it. Yeah. And the character designers can have like, because then it's it all be stop motion, but like the character designs for the the standard world will be completely different from the bog world. Yeah, it'll really stand out. And they can even have like the the boogies be all like. Herky jerky. Herky jerky and just like that weird um maybe some of them almost look like they're glitching kinda. Yeah. Yeah, that would be super cool. And then others are like really fluid, almost like a snake. Well not like a snake, but like they move naturally. Yeah. It's just okay, Ophidiophobe here. I don't like snakes. Oh yeah. 
But just imagine a real jerky snake. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff of my nightmares. Imagine a snake that's all right angles. Oh, God. All <laughs> sorts of non-Euclidean geometry. <laughs> imagine a snake, but it has to move like the snake mobile game. Oh, yeah. Maybe some references to Beowulf and all that, because this is Beowulf country. Like, from East Anglia up to Cambridge and Lincolnshire. We can't stop here. This is Beowulf country. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, maybe at the great climatic flight fight like maybe there is some sort of MacGuffin that Lucy has to get like some sort of weapon like a sword or something like something I don't know there's a local legend about a, an ancient warrior who threw his sword into the bog way back in the day because that was a thing that used to be done well didn't like Beowulf lose a whole bunch of his armaments like in the fight with the dragon yeah maybe because there's either that or or he discarded all of his like armor and weapons when he went to fight Grendel's mother uh, because he wanted to fight her barehanded for the fun of it. Yeah, well, this is a guy who once, you know, went underwater for three hours just for the lulls. <laughs> and then he just so happened to slay like 70 sea monsters. <laughs> yeah. Because it was convenient. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, Beowulf jumps into the lake, and while harassed by water monsters, gets to the bottom where he finds a cavern. Grendel's mother pulls him in, and she and Beowulf engage in fierce combat. At first, Grendel's mother appears to prevail, and Hrunting proves incapable of hurting the woman. She throws Beowulf to the ground, and uh, sitting astride him, tries to kill him with a short sword, but Beowulf is saved by his armor. Okay, so he is wearing his armor down there. He... Spots another sword hanging on the wall and appear and apparently made for giants and cuts her head off with it. Traveling further into Grendel's mother's lair, uh, Beowulf discovers Grendel's corpse and severs his head with the sword, whose blade melts because of the hot blood in quotation marks. Only the hilt remains. Beowulf swims back to the rim of the pond where his men wait, carrying the hilt of the sword and Grendel's head. He presents them to Hrothgar upon his return to Herod. Now, it doesn't seem like he loses his armor there, but like, hey, we could have something with uh, nailing. Oh, and there's the sword, hi- the hilt of the sword, too. Yeah. It could be Lucy finds the hilt and then she has to, like, forge, reforge the blade. Ooh. And then, uh, Willie Wick. <laughs> his uh turn to the side of good is when he like is the spark that helps her finish he's like calcifer like, oh yeah he would be calcifer <laughs> we could even make him look like calcifer kinda yeah like we don't want to infringe on any ips but like yeah i mean i was thinking maybe combine him a bit with a uh, jack of the lamp yeah from that old tale where he's like this trickster guy who Got shoved inside a radish, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, OG jack-o'-lanterns to all of our listeners who don't know about this were fucking terrifying because they were made from turnips. But I just imagine this uh, l- shitty teen <laughs> who's, whose head is a turnip that's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's tall and lanky, too. Yeah. He's like Jack Skellington lanky. Like, he's been, like, grabbed by Boogeyman 
and the boogeyman's like, listen, I'll, I'll make you my second in command. All you have to do is keep the portal to the underwater world sealed. And he's like, yeah, all right, you got it. <laughs> and then Lucy's like, she either tricks him or she like convinces him that she can get him a better deal. Yeah. And then like at the last moment, he like decides to be good for the sake of good. And he uses his powers to finish smelting the blade and hunting is reforged. <laughs> This, the true air Beowulf. Okay, a, a thought just popped into my head. What if the boogeyman is voiced by Mark Hamill? Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> like, he doesn't have to go full Joker. Oh, well, no, he wouldn't. He shouldn't yeah. go full Joker. Yeah. But, like, he's got a voice for villains. It's yeah. great. And Will or Jack, whatever name we go with, is voiced by Tom Holland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And he'll completely spoil everything before the press release. <laughs> okay, so we got Mark Hamill, Tom Holland. I was thinking for Lucy, maybe, um, actually, no, maybe for Celine, Saoirse Ronan. Because she, she's got the kind of a ethereal Irish voice, you know. Isn't it pronounced Saoirse? <laughs> I think it's Saoirse. Something like that. She, is it, okay, is she it was pronounced on... S-H-R-S-H-A? <laughs> Sersha Ronan has one of those. She has one of those fucking Irish names. It, yeah, it's pronounced uh, Sersha. Okay. It's S A I S A O I R S E. She did an interview, I think, with Jimmy Kimmel once. Um, she was asked about uh, how do you pronounce, how do you do a good Irish accent, and she said, "Well, a good way to practice is by trying to pronounce Irish names." So yeah. she gives like a couple examples, like her name. Uh, there's another girl's name, uh, Kiva, which is spelled like C A O M H E, something like that. You know, she said a lot of non-Irish people tend to go a bit too high in their voice when it comes to an Irish accent, you want to go a little bit lower, like just talk in your normal voice, but you know, there's a bit of a lilt. Do the whole lilt things, pronounce names like Kiva and Sher- Sersha, Siobhan. Um, for Lucy, right? That's the name you went with, Lucy? Yeah. How about Freeman Aguman? Ooh, okay. Just because I like her and I like her being in things. Yeah. And also so that we can get like a few non-white people. Yeah. I'm trying to think of... Because there's really only four characters. Yeah. There's Lucy, Celine, Boogie, and Will. We could also throw in the witch, but like that... Or the wise woman, but that could be any person with a with an older person's voice, but... Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> Don't think she does stuff like that. Um, Maggie Smith. <laughs> That's almost too obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Judy Dench. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a or, good one. Or uh, Emma Thompson. Yes, that, that's the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, And then, like, the rest, probably thinking, like, I want some old English involved. I don't know, maybe as part of, like, the soundtrack or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or something in the background, like these weird whispers that you might hear in the Boglands that sound like, this is going to be badly pronounced, but... Negling furbished Gaithak eight secha secha shared shared Beosa fuck. Anyway, yeah, you so, know, like the beginning of Beowulf or or maybe like that starts the story like there Lucy 
is at, say, um, at a pub or somewhere and someone is reciting Beowulf, but they're, you know, they do that whole, like, first verse of the that sort of stuff. Like, the big white that J.R.R. Tolkien used to do to his students. Can Mark Hamill sing? I, uh, Can Mark Hamill get his, like, Rasputin in the Dark of the Night villain song <laughs> as he rallies all the boogeymen to attack the surface? Oh my god, we should make this a musical. I was kind of like, Why not? I was kind of going into this under the impression that it was a musical. Yeah. <laughs> well, my thing is, like, not every animated movie has to be a musical, but, like, now that I think about it, ooh, yeah. Get in a really good villain song. Get, like, you know, like, how a lot of these animated musicals will have, like, the main song that they really try to push onto the pop charts? Yeah. That would also be sung by Florence and the Machine. Yep. Because water in the moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Modern water, the moon. Drowning, sapphism. <laughs> <laughs> That's all on brand for her. Dear God, I should have gone and seen her in Montreal, but I couldn't get away for that day, so. Ah, you should have gone anyways. Yeah. Oh, well. So we can have, we're going to have an I Want song, obviously, for yeah. Celine. Yeah. Is Lucy going to have an I Want song, too? Usually there isn't, there aren't two I Want songs, but maybe. Or or maybe it's a, a I Don't Want song. Oh, I don't want. Like, I... what if it starts with Lucy, like, she doesn't really have any dreams or aspirations. She's just, like, she's going to take over the family business of whatever, yeah. bread or something. And <laughs> she, like, and she doesn't have any expectations to, like, she doesn't have a hankering for adventure or anything. <laughs> she is the opposite of the Disney heroine who, I want more. I want, I want exactly this and nothing else. Yes. There is no point wishing for anything else. I am perfectly fine. Thank you very much. It would also be the, there's no, like, there's no point for trying to search for adventure because nothing ever happens here. (laughs) And then the moon crashes through her attic (laughs) and turns into a hot blonde. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? And and Celine is like, you're going to show me around town, teach me what it's like to be human. Lucy is like, why? And Celine is like, because you're literally the first human I found, <laughs> and I've imprinted on you. <laughs> I am like a duck. <laughs> and then, like, then the first act when like Lucy's showing Celine all around and like learning to like appreciate all the small things because Celine is seeing it for the first time, and then she's like, maybe I do want more. And then Celine is like, I've been kidnapped, and Lucy's like, well, shit, now I got to make a sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then as for. Well, the villain song is actually pretty straightforward. It's more like, this is my plan! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just realized the villain is Gru. (laughs) We're going to steal the moon! (laughs) Yeah, okay, some pedantic nerd is going to be like, well, actually, it's not to steal the moon, it's just to make sure that there isn't any light so that they can rule the night and all that. He takes the moon and he drops her in a hole and puts a rock on top. Yeah. That's good enough. Yeah. Also, I think this is too obscure for pedantic nerds to have any opinions on it whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thank God. I can't wait for that one old English folklore major to, like, burst out of the ground <laughs> to well actually us. <laughs> and we're going to be Just... like, what the fuck? You're 50. Oh, you know who else could voice the boogeyman? Anthony Stewart Head. Ooh, yes. 
Now I got in the dark of the night rolling through my head. <laughs> but imagine in the dark of the night being sung by Anthony Stewart Head. Ooh. Imagine Anastasia by way of Repo. <laughs> I don't, I'm so sick of Disney live action remakes, but if they do a live action remake of Nightmare Before Christmas and put Anthony Stewart head as either Jack Skellington or Oogie Boogie, I might be sold. Yeah, like, I would rather, you know, Disney spend more time on the properties that didn't get a lot of love and attention in the past, like from the Dark Age stuff, like, the Black Cauldron could be an epic Lord of the Rings style movie. Oh, damn, I want like a Black Cauldron Game of Thrones Disney Plus series. Yes. Because that's also part of a bigger book series. Yeah. Like, that's perfect. Um, trying to think. Oh, yeah, so the th- the original tale, like, she gets stuck in a cross-shaped crag. Can we yeah. just turn that into The Crossroads? Yeah. Just because pull that, on that a... old English thing. Yeah, well, not even old English, just, like, straight-up Paleolithic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like... Hecate, the Greek goddess of magic and all that, she was also associated with crossroads, which was intensified by the Romans because they syncretized her with Trivia, another goddess of the crossroads. It's it's always been seen as a liminal place. Like, crossroads, wetlands, forests, uh, rivers, they're all seen as liminal zones in mythological terms there's a lot of stuff that you could really go deep with this like on the surface level pretty thin story but if you know your mythology like it can go really deep um the wikipedia article for the buried moon links to the drawing down the moon ritual which is actually more of a contemporary uh modern day wicca practice also known as drawing down the goddess. Uh, it's a central ritual in many contemporary Wiccan traditions. During the ritual, a coven's high priestess enters a trance and requests that the goddess or the triple goddess, symbolized by the moon, enter her body and speak through her. The high priestess may be aided by the high priest, who invokes the spirit of the goddess. During her trance, the goddess speaks through the high priestess. The name most likely comes from a depiction of two women and the moon on an ancient Greek vase believed to date from the 2nd century BCE. It could also come from uh, line 145 of Claudian's first book against Rufinus, Megira, one of the Arenes, uh, one of the Furies, in the guise of an old man, speaks to Rufinus. Despite not an old man's feeble limbs... I have a gift of magic and fire of prophecy within me. I have learned the incantations wherewith Thessalian witches pulled down the bright moon. I know the meaning of the wise Egyptians' runes, the art whereby the Chaldeans imposed their will upon the subject gods, the various saps that flow within the trees and the powers of deadly webs. All those that grow on Caucasus rich in poisonous plants, or to man's bane, close the crags of Scythia. Herbs such as cruel Medea gathered in curious Circe. Um, so in classical times, ancient Thessalian witches were believed to control the moon, and according to the tract, If I command the moon, it will come down, and if I wish to withhold the day, night will linger over my head, and again if I wish to embark on the sea, I need no ship, and if I wish to fly through the air, I am free from my weight. 
So yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, this there is you go. fucking ancient. Oh yeah. I love stuff like this. I'm just thinking. So Boogeyman tells Will, Will of the Wick, to stick a rock on top of the crossroads so that they're not crossroads anymore and she uh Lucy can't get through. And so like we have like while Lucy's like trying to figure out where Celine went and trying to make her way through the bogs, we just keep cutting back to Will as he's pushing this big rock over the crossroads. <laughs> and once he's finally finished, Lucy shows up and is like, you need to move that rock. And he's like, but I don't want to no, move the rock, damn it. <laughs> <sighs> and then he has to push it all the way off. And then Lucy finally helps him. And she's much stronger than him because she's not a turnip. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, another good motif. We can make the bogs fairly labyrinth-like oh yeah yeah easy to get lost all sorts of different places that you can fall in weird stuff and just places like that yeah it's easy to get turned around already but like we, we could even say that like the roads i mean this isn't really something magical so much as the space knowledge but it's easier to see the roads when the moon is out too yeah so never mind trying to get to the crossroads themselves you have to find one of the roads coming off of them to even get there yeah and, like, maybe when Celine disappears, like, it's uh, almost like the light is being sucked out. Like, even if you have, a, like, a flashlight or something, it's almost like it just sucks in that light. And you can't really see that far. Mm-hmm. I've also been watching, rewatching some BuzzFeed Unsolved Supernatural stuff. And, yeah, some of those places, it's kind of like that, too, where it's just like, ooh, it's just really dark. I think I've covered everything that I can think of for this. Yeah, because you're the musical person, so... I oh that's don't shove that title on me. I'm the musical person in the sense that I know they exist. I have nothing with musical theory. I'm dreading the time when I'm dreading the day when I actually give myself a musical adaptation suggestion. <laughs> oh wait, no, I've already done that with Empire Records. Well, I yeah. dreaded that day too, and I dread when it happens again. <laughs> Even though I have no one to blame but myself. Ah, uh, yeah, I just say that more because you have. You actually watch a lot more musicals than I do. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that covers everything, unless there's anything else you can think of. No, I just keep thinking about the stars, the moon, they are all in twilight. Florence and the Machine Cosmic Club, okay? Okay, so yeah. Lindsay's going to have her musical interlude. <laughs> and while she's doing that, we're going to quickly cut over to a friendship promo. Welcome to 294 Note Streak, the best idea for a podcast of all time. We use a bracket to rank every song that's ever been in a Guitar Hero game. That's pretty much it. That's the whole idea. My name's Joe. I'm Riley. We do that thing we just said every... Mm, two weeks? We rank it on how much we like the song and if it makes a fun chart to play. Is 294 an equally divisible number for a bracket? It's not! <laughs> Is Thunder Kiss 65 the best white zombie song? Can anything topple Hangar 18 in this race to the top? Will Pat Benatar's Heartbreaker defeat Michael Jackson's Beat It? Yes. <laughs> yeah, spoiler. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Should Fat Lip be in Guitar Hero? <laughs> Find out by listening to 294 <laughs> Note Streak on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or a better app. And remember, enjoy music. And we're back. So, Lindsay, where can people find you on the internet? 
I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart, and you can find me on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters to notify about you first, and they're pronounced, We like the moon! (laughs) It is up in the sky! And you can find this podcast on Instagram at not if I repeat you first, all one word. The hashtag is N-I-I-R-Y-F and it's pronounced So darkness I became. Sorry for making your ears bleed. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> no. Our email is notifyrebootyoufirst at gmail.com, so if you'd like to be a guest, send us a friendship promo, or just have general feedback, feel free to contact us. And if you're willing to support us financially, our Patreon can be found at patreon.com slash notifyrebootyoufirst. So for $1 a month, uh, you can get the soft reboot. Of this level, you earn our thanks, and all shout out on our podcast every week. At $5 a month, you get the full reboot. You get uh, access to our weekly episodes a day early. I should change that because it's actually two days early. Oh, two days early. And you can vote on a monthly poll for viewer's choice topic. And speaking of shoutouts, we'd like to give a shoutout to Charlie. Uh, C is our sole patron at the time of recording. And C is single-handedly keeping this podcast afloat. So thank you, Charlie. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Our theme music is The Metamorphosis Instrumental by Osiris Saline, courtesy of the Free Music Archive, and our cover art is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, whose work can be found at www.pachu.com. And next week, uh, we will be having some guests, or we will be guests. There's a lot of guesting going on next week. It's going to be great. So much fun. Yes, we will be running through all manner of doors in a random order and seemingly always coming out in the same hallway. Jinkies! (laughs) So until next time, uh, we will see you all later, but not if we reboot you first. Bye!